Oh, so uh, we got a fascinating daf ahead of us. Um, towards the end, we're going to have a Mishnah that's going to rock your mind. Um, it's going to be Lebedic. It's going to take us on to tomorrow's daf. So uh, g- get ready for a, a, a fun journey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you, All right. If you're going to live in Romania, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Yeah. 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 Uh, Steve, Steve, you remind me. You remind me of a of a joke. A guy says. My wife A guy says that um, you know, for my fiftieth anniversary, I told my wife. I blindfolded her, and I told my wife. I gave her a dart with a globe. And I said, honey, wherever it lands on the globe, I'll take it for our anniversary. Turns out we're spending two weeks behind the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Beseder. Daf Tzadiches. Here we go. Today's daf is daf uh, 98 in Mesach uh, And we pick up with Amar Rava Givaldik. Okay? So we're up to Amar Rava. We are up to the uh, last words on the third line from the top of the Yom. Now, Let's remind ourselves, our sugyo, what are we talking about? We have a machoikas between Rav Acha Bar Yaakov and Rav Sheshis. And the dispute is that there was a story, there was an incident with this woman by the name of Yudan, who was freed as a shivcha, and Rav Acha Bar Yaakov allowed, with, along with her sons, and Rav Acha Bar Yaakov allowed the sons to marry each other's wives, meaning he did not consider them to be brothers. Okay? That was the opinion of Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. Rav Shesha said, it is forbidden, you're still not allowed. And they asked on Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, I know, Rav Shesha says otherwise, Rav Acha Bar Yaakov says, very nice, says otherwise, and I say otherwise. Yeah? So it's a machlaik. So we're trying to figure out who's correct over here, right? She was an Arab Kanani? Yeah, a Shifcha yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. So that's what we're still going through. We're trying to understand when somebody uh, divorces. First of all, we don't have a clear-cut ruling. In addition to that, we got onto another even, even uh, more doubtful case where brother number one was conceived when the mother wasn't Jewish, then the mother converted pregnant, and he was conceived by Kedusha. What's his relation to the brother then? So we said that it really would depend on the halacha. It would depend on the halacha. Everybody's going to agree that they're related through the mother. Through the mother, they're related. Everybody's going to agree. The question is through the father. Maybe we're not going to consider them brothers, paternal brothers, where there's not going to be evil, for example. Okay? So here we go. Fascinating uh, conversation. Let's get going. Amar Rav. Rav says, Hadam Rabbanon, this, that the Rabbanon say, Ain av lemitri. There's no such thing for a father for, an, for a mitri. What does it mean, a father for a mitri? You have an Egyptian guy who converts. He doesn't have a father. Okay? Again. Because he's like a new child. It doesn't mean that they don't have a father because, you know, uh, Father's Day is coming up. Yeah, Father's Day is coming up? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Don't, don't, don't say that it's uh, just a confusing day over there. Rather, say in, in Mitzrayim, now we know Mitzrayim has nine-tenths of immorality. And this is actually one of the, how some of the Mepharshim explain. This is a fascinating uh, uh, vart, a fascinating idea. The night of Yitzias Mitzrayim, the night where the last night in Mitzrayim when we had the Korban Bezach, so one verse seems to imply that the Malach Hamavas was going around and taking out uh, and taking out the firstborns. Another pasuk seems to tell us that Hashem says, "Lo al yidei Malach I didn't do this through a Malach or a destroyer. Ella, right? Ella, bechayda uvaatzmai. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself went through it. So which one was it? So I saw some of the Mefarshim explain, some of the commentators explain. 
that the Malachamadas took out their regular firstborns, meaning from the mother. That's a classic firstborn, from the mother, the first to be issued from the womb. Nakadosh Baruch Hu went and took out everybody else who nobody knew was a firstborn and really was. Yeah? Even though he could have told the Malachamadas as well, but that's how some of them, in other words, there were a lot of firstborns because there was so much immorality in Mitzrayim, people just push it, simply didn't know who the father was. So don't, don't say that there's no father to an Egyptian because there's so much immorality there. It seems to imply that let's say we would know who the father of this Mitzri was. So we would consider him connected to his father. That's not the idea. Ella, rather, even if this Egyptian convert knew his father, doesn't matter. He's not his father. I'll tell you why. If you have twin brothers, the they're fraternal brothers, so they both obviously come. They, they come from the same father, Vikatani Seifa. Yet we learned yesterday that if they were initially conceived Shalaiva Kedusha, but then born in Kedusha, there's still no Yibam Rachadisa, like Holtzim Blemi Abishrami. No, you learn from here, if Gure Afkare Rahman Lazare, what happens is the Torah removes the relationship of the Egyptian father from his children. The meat, the flesh of the donkeys, besarim is their meat. Vizirmas susim zermasim, and also the, that which is uh, that comes from the horse is is the horse. See, what do you learn from here? Bottom line is that even though we know that, of course. You can know clearly who the father of this non-Jewish kid or the kid who converted is. As far as halachic ramifications, there's no relation. There's no, there's no paternal relation. Maternally, yeah. Maternally, they're going to be related. Paternally, they're not going to be related. So now let's bring this all back into the dispute between Rav Bar Yaakov and Rav Sheshes. Again, going back to how our whole Gemara started with that story of, the, of this woman who was freed. So who's correct? Who's correct? Says the Gemara. Toshma, come and listen. The Yomar Vesi says, Maisa b'neftayim ager. I'll tell you another story. It was a story with Neftayim. He converted. Okay, it's this guy's name Neftayim. What did he do, Neftayim? Shenosa eishas ochiv me'ima. He's a convert and he married the wife of his half-brother from his mother. His maternal half-brother. So his, he shared a mother with a brother. And that brother, that, that brother either died or they got divorced, and he married that brother's wife. They said, "Yeah, there's no problem. What's the problem? It's his brother's wife, <laughs> not his brother. And Mamela, therefore, there's no problem. All right, says the Gemara. Really? I don't understand something. What would I have thought? I would have thought that in general, that if a if a ger converts, there's not going to be. Marriage, Alaima in Isser Ashes Achlager. What the Gemara originally assumed is that there was, the Chiddush was that there was actually a marriage, which the Gemara is explaining no, what we thought. And of course, there was going to be a regular marriage by a Ger, but here what's unique is there's not even going to be a transgression of being my brother's wife because not the brother. Okay. Says the Gemara, My love, Denospa Och Kishahu Ger. Isn't this case referring to um, Neftayim and his brother? So they both converted to Judaism. That's the assumption. Niftayim's brother died, and then he went and married his wife. So now, what, what was the original discussion when we start our Gemara? Two brothers who convert, are they allowed to marry each other's wives? 
Ravacha Bar Yaakov said, Yo, because you're not brothers. Rav Shesha said, No. What do you see from this Brisa? If Nephthayim went and married his bro- maternal brother's wife, what do you see from here? There's no problem. And the halacha is like Ravacha Bar Yaakov. The Brisa proves Ravacha Bar Yaakov is, is, uh, is absolutely correct. Says the Gemara, No. Loi. It's not what happened. Rather, here's the case. You ready for this? Incredible. Niftayim's brother married this woman when he wasn't Jewish. Oh, and then, ready? And then, you know what happens? They convert. So Niftayim goes and marries this woman. Says the Gemara, so what's the problem? Right? So what's the Kiddush? Yeah, of course. If they didn't remarry after they converted, that's the assumption right now. So she's not even married. So she was never his brother's wife. So the Gemara answers, no. I would have thought, say, I would have thought, say, like this. Listen, you know, Niftayim's brother and sister in law were married, Shalom al Yisrael, as non Jewish people. Then they converted to Judaism. I would say, you know, even if they didn't remarry afterwards, we should say the brother can't marry her. Okay? The brother can't marry her because Lamaisa, this woman, her body lived with, uh, you know, your flesh and blood. So Kamash Mullah, no. Kamash Mullah, the, the Chiddush is no, there's no problem. If, if he's not a Lachli, your brother, there's no issue whatsoever with you going and having a marriage with somebody who used to be his non-Jewish wife. Now she's Jewish, you're starting from scratch. Okay. Bottom line is, we don't have a proof anymore that Rav Achab Yaakov is correct. Again, because Rav Achab Yaakov, after conversion, allowed them, allowed the brothers to marry each other's wives. Over here, this case is where though, the brother was only married to her before conversion. So you have no, the, the two cases aren't similar, hence, there is no proof. Okay. Says the Gemara Vaitar, says the Gemara further, let's keep trying to prove whether Rav Achab Yaakov is correct, that the brothers are allowed to marry each other's wives, or not, like Rav Sheshis. Tashma, come and listen. To Amar ben Yosion. Ben Yosion says, When I went to the port cities, I found a Jewish convert. He married the wife of his maternal brother. And I said to him, my son, Where'd you get your psak? Yeah. In other words, yeah, Ben Yossian was traveling, and he knew this is Machlekes. Rachav Yaakov and Rav Sheishas, yeshiva guy. He's learning. He's learning Daf Yomi over here with us, right? So he sees. We're just talking about this. He sees Maisa Shahoya Kachoya. I mean, he sees the story. You got a fully observing guy, a sincere fellow, and he it was permitted to him. He says, "Oh, incredible! Now I know the psak. I know it's not. It's no longer just a dispute." Let me ask you a question, my dear man. Which rabbi gave you the ruling? Amar Li said to me, Let me tell you something. You think I'm the only convert who married his maternal brother's wife? Nope. I'll tell you this happened seven other times. With a woman who had seven sons, they all converted and they ended up marrying each other's wives because it was on this bench that Rabbi Akiva sat. Can you imagine? You imagine pointing to a bench right here in our basement. Akiva sat right here. <laughs> yeah. Kiva said right here. Viyamar Shnei Devarim. And Rabbi Kiva said two things. First he said, Ger A ger is allowed to marry the wife of his half-brother, from his mother. 
The Yamar and Rabbi Kiva also said, "Vehid bar Hashem Yoyna Shainis Leimar." Hakadosh Baruch Hu came to Yoyna, right? The famous story of the prophet Yonah and the whale, saying, "Shainis Dibra Ima Yishchina." This lets us know that there was a Shainis, a second time where the Shechina spoke to Yoyna. Shlishis like Dibra Ima Yishchina, but three times Yonah did not uh, have uh, Nevuah. He didn't have uh, prophecy. Okay, fine. Now, bottom line is, bottom line is, says the Gemara, Ketani Mias, the bottom line is, what do you see from here? Gernoi say Eshazach of Mimai. Maisa Shoye is a story that happened. He was in this, he was in this city, this port city, and he met this Ger, and this Ger is like, yeah, Rabbi Kiva said, who sold you? Rabbi Kiva, all right, you ain't messing with that. My love, the Nos Ba'ozgi, Kishu Ger, so you see clearly that Ravacha Bar Yaakov, who allows brother, uh, maternal brothers to marry each other's wives, is correct. To which the Gemara says, no, you don't know the case of the port city convert. The case was, what happened was, the port city convert didn't marry the wife of his brother that, that she, who was married to his brother once they were Jewish. She was married to his brother before, the same answer we gave beforehand. He was married to the brother before they converted, and then they converted together, so she was never really married to his brother. Says the Gemara, so what's the Kiddush, what's the novel idea here? She's not really his brother's wife. Because they weren't Jewish. Answers the Gemara, no. Okay? Bottom line is, again, we don't have a proof who's correct. If you have two maternal brothers after conversion, one of them's married to a woman, and they get divorced, let's say, can the other brother marry her? Rav Yaakov says, yes, because you're not brothers. Rav Shesha says, no. Do we know who's right? No. Because so far in all these cases that we've mentioned, where we thought you were allowed, what we're explaining is, the brother's wife wasn't as Jews. It was while they were non-Jews. Hence it was allowed. We still don't know who's correct. Okay. Says the Gemara, let's focus on this story of the convert who lived in the port city and told over the story of Rabbi Akiva. Here we go. Umimi Haman. Remember, we said that Ben Yosion met this guy, and he's like, "Oh, incredible! You're married to my wife." Well, who let you do it? What do you think the guy is going to say? No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. What do you think he's going to say? Yeah. Okay, but you don't trust. Do you believe one witness to tell you something that he's got an agenda on? <laughs> you know what I mean? If he tells you oh, I wasn't, people marry people who they're not allowed to marry, right? Says the Gemara, "Mimi Heman, should we trust this convert?" Vam Ravabo, Am Ravuna Marav. Ravabo says name Ravuna says name of Rav. Call Talmud Chacham Shemar Alacho Ba. Any Talmud Chacham who teaches our new halacha, Im Kaidem Asa Mara Shaymin Loiv Im Lavin Shaymin. Remember we had this earlier. Yep, we had this about uh, twenty blot ago, and that is if you hear a halacha from somebody who, to their benefit. This halacha works out. And I never heard of this before. You don't trust them. So here you have a guy who's teaching me a halacha. That's to his benefit. Why are we trusting him? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Either you could say, That really, um, ben, Yossian, ben Yossian had heard that Rabbi Akiva had the psak. Okay? You know? And... Or you could say that even the convert had known 
before he married. In other words, if after he met the convert married, he hears Rabbi Akiva's psak, so then we talk, I have a point. But if the convert only remarried based upon previously having heard Rabbi Akiva's psak, so then you don't say, oh, you know, uh, you're only saying this because otherwise you're in hot water. No, he, because the psak halacha, the ruling came out for him even before the, you know, the, the agenda, the bias was initiated. Or you could say, because listen, he didn't say it's only me. He says, look, look, there's another woman in town with her seven sons. And they can also tell you that Rabbi Akiva sat on this bench and gave over this halacha. And therefore, you're not only relying on him, you're relying on Taka maybe Ben Yasion went and asked this woman and her seven sons. Another possible answer why we trust this guy is, Shani Hacha here is different. Over here you trust the guy because he's also said a Maisa meaning he said Rabbi Kiva sat on this bench and he taught us you're allowed to marry your maternal brother's wife and he also told us the story of Yaina Hashem appeared to him twice and the third time you know once Yaina was uh, you know accomplished his mission because Baruch Hu didn't appear to him so he was telling him more in a way of limud more in a way of uh, of teaching Taira. It wasn't specific this halacha, and that's another time where we're going to say you can actually trust the guy. You can, you can, even though he's got a bias, perhaps he's got an agenda. But when you're adding in something else, addition in addition to that, that that adds to the uh, that adds to the ne'emanus, the trustworthiness. Okay. Now this third answer, I'm just going to say ha'ara. I'm not questioning this. You know, you don't question uh, the chum. Obviously, are smarter than us. But from what I hear, you know, when detectives or somebody who's searching for information from so you ask somebody a question, you ask a suspect a question, from what I'm told, is that many times the more information they share, the more you could tell they're not telling the truth. Because they just want to keep blabbing and changing the, changing the story. You know, over here, I guess that wasn't the... You know, that wasn't, it clearly wasn't the agenda of, uh, of this fellow. Okay. Amar Mar, the Tana taught us. Let's go into the second part of Rabbi Kiva's statement. Hashem came to Yaina a second time. Shainis Dibri Maishina, the second, Akadz Baruch who spoke to him again, twice. Shlishis Loi Dibri Imai. But three times the Shekhinah did not speak to him. I says the Gemara Baksiv, who Heshev as Kavu Yisrael, he he returned to the borders of Yisrael, Milavoy Chamas from the from uh, the place called from Milavoy Chamas, Ariyom Arava to the western sea, Kedvar Hashem Ashadibar Biad Abdoi Yoyna Ben Amitai Ha Navi. So you see, Akadosh Baruch Hu had spoken to Yoyna Ben Amitai the Navi, which seems to imply even the, even the third time. Amaravina al iske ninve kamar. You're right, because Baruch Hu appeared to Yaina in prophecy other times. He only spoke to him twice about Ninve. Once the once his mission was accomplished with Ninve, he never came back to him as far as that was concerned. But granted, there were other times when Yaina received prophecy. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, first wide line, Hachi Ka'amar, this is what the Pesach means to say, like the word of Hashem, they spoke to to uh, to uh, meaning just like Kaddish Baruch Hu originally planned on destroying Nineveh, and that was changed, it was turned over from bad to good, so too in the days of Yeravam, 
then Yayash HaKadosh Baruch Hu also changed the decree against Kal Yisrael from something which was ra'a, something that was bad, to something which is good. Okay, period, fine. Let's get back to our sugya. Let's get back to our idea, our topic, which is two brothers who convert. They let to marry each other's wives. Here we go. Toshma, come on, listen. You have a ger who was conceived. But he was actually born not a ger. Right? We're calling him a ger. But he was born Jew. He was born Jewish. Yeah? He was born Jewish. Okay. Now. Here's how it works, says the Raisa. All of his relatives on his mother's side are called relatives. He's related to everybody on his mother's side. Okay. However, he's not related to anybody on his father's side. Okay. So he has no halachic connection to anybody that has to do with his father. Now, practically speaking, you might say like, you know, uh, what's that? What, what would be a case? So the case is going to be possibly uh, more prominently, we'll call it, down the road. Down the road. If let's say the father has other children, are you permitted to them in marriage or not? So you have no halachic connection, even though you, sh- you share the same father, so you'd be permitted to uh, be permitted to marry them. Okay? So here we go. How does he have the connection to his mother's people? Well, that, it's going to be down the road. Anybody who's related to him maternally in the future. Yeah. Future children of the mother. Oh, future children yeah. of the mother. Yeah, any other future? Future aunts or uncles. Right, because they're not Jewish. Right. Okay. Yeah. Correct. It says the Gemara Ketzad. How does this play out? So the Bryce itself is going to teach us. If he marries his sister from his mother, so what's the halacha? You have to leave each other. You're not allowed to be together. You marry anybody from your, in the future from your father's side, you can stay together. If he marries uh, the, the, um, his father's half-sister from the mother, the halacha is also yaitzei. He, uh, he has to send her away. Okay? Now this is interesting because um, even though we're saying he's not related anymore to his father, since there's an element of motherly connection because this woman's related to the father through the mother, so the, you know, uh, the chachamim say that you're going to have to separate from her. Even though, again, the relations through paternal, you're going to have to separate because there's a maternal connection that could lead to people thinking that other maternal connections are allowed, which is really not true. Okay, top of Amud Beis, top of Sadiqas Amud Beis. Min Ha'av Yekayim, if he marries his father's father's sister, I'm sorry, his father's sister through the father, so his his father's father's other daughter, okay? So Yekayim, he's also allowed to keep her. Achais Ha'im, Let's say he marries the sister of the mother from maternal, from the mother, so the grandmother's other daughter. You got you to separate, okay? Because it's a maternal connection. But let's say he married the um, sister of his mother, but this is his mother's sister, only they only share the same father. It's the paternal sister 
of his mother, then we have a. It, it's now we're getting into a machlekes. Rameir Amir Rameir says Yaitse. Also, you got to be Yaitse again because there's a some sort of maternal relationship here that's kicking in, and that would be what we would have thought anyway. You have to send her out. The Chum say no. You're allowed to keep her. Okay, meaning because it's only connected through uh, through your mother, but it's not. You know, uh, this is only your mother's maternal sister. And that far, we don't go. Any relation that has anything to do with maternal, uh, you know, on the, uh, a maternal connection, you're always going to have to uh, separate. But if it's an Arias that's there only through the father having a relationship, the luck is you're allowed to stay together. Okay, let's keep going. What else does the Bryce say? He's also permitted to marry his brother's wife. Again, this guy's a convert. So he's allowed to marry his brother's wife. That's what we learned earlier. And he's also allowed to marry his aunt, okay, his father's brother's wife. There's no issue there either. And all other rayas are allowed, even to include the wife of your father. Wow. Okay? Even to include the wife of your father. Now why? Because again, it's not your father. You're not related anymore, and therefore, it's not his wife. Nasa Isha Ubita. Let's say he marries a woman, Ubita, and her daughter. Kainas Achas Umaitzi Achas. The Allah is, you can stay with one, you cannot stay with the other. Now we're dealing with, this guy marries two women who converted to Judaism. Are they really mother and daughter? They're not really mother and daughter because they both converted. Okay, so um, we say that the, the rabbis say, the rabbonon say, you're not going to be allowed to stay married to both of them. We're not going to allow that. You can't, you, you can't do that. It's going to lead to confusion for people, think you can marry mothers and daughters. It's too close for comfort, and therefore it's not allowed. So Nasa Ishobita, um, if he marries a woman and her daughter, you can only stay with one. And ideally... Um, you know, he shouldn't have even started. He shouldn't even be kindness them in, uh, in the first place. Mesa Ishtai, no, let's say he comes to a rabbi, he says, I want to be Masada Kedushin. You know, I'm marrying two women. You know, the rabbi is not going to say, okay, marry both, but then you got to get rid of him. And initially, no. <laughs> right? But we're not going to start with that. Mesa Ishtai, Mutter Bachamaisai. However, let's say you choose to marry the daughter. You send away the mother. Then the, mo- then the daughter dies. You can marry your mother-in-law. Again, because she's not your mother-in-law. Right? She's not your mother-in-law. She gave birth to your wife. But she's not your mother-in-law because they are converts. So okay. can't you marry both? You can't marry both at the same time I, I because people may come to think that this and everybody here is Jewish. You can marry a mother and daughter. So we say, you know, you can, you can be married to both but not at the same time. This is like okay. Lead people to mistake. Okay. Yeah, lead people to mistake. And some say no. Even to marry the mother-in-law, in quotes, again, she's not really the mother-in-law because she's not the mother, um, would, would still be a problem. Okay, again, because you can't marry a mother, even if you are even a regular Jewish case, you can't marry a mother once her daughter passes away. It becomes forbidden. So other uh, approaches that either way it's going to be a problem. Katani Mias, the bottom line is, we learned, you're allowed to marry his brother's wife. My Aren't we dealing with our case? Two brothers married two sisters. And Ravachabar Yaakov is correct. 
Same answer. No, they were only married beforehand. My Lememra, what's the Chiddush? Again, another Chiddush of a different Bryson. All right. Amar Mar, the Tana taught us no si shubita. If he marries a woman and her daughter, you can only stay married to one. You got to get rid of the other one. Go divorce her. Now, interestingly, you have to divorce her because the marriage is valid because they're not related. You got to get rid of her because it doesn't look good. The Chachila Yechna is the Chachila, you're not allowed to marry them. Says the Gemara Shkoyach. Why do you got to tell me that statement? If you're married to both, you got to divorce them. Oh, and you should know that from the get go, you're not allowed to do it. Shkoyach. Obviously, if you're going to tell me I got to divorce one, it means I shouldn't initially do it. Right? Hashtag Fuke, maybe the Chachila, but you're going to have to. Why is the Bryson telling me, the Chachila, you can't? If you just told me you're going to have to send one away, of course you can't. Says the Gemara, Hasam Kai. What? What is plug? Plug? Distinction? Oh, okay. So why? So what's the Ad Chiddush? What's the novel idea? The Gemara says Hasam Kai that um, it's really going back on a different case of the Bryce. Of this is what the Bryce wants to teach me. Hachdom Rabban When do the Rabbanan say that you're allowed? Um, you're allowed to stay with anybody who's related to you on your from the fa- a father relationship from a paternal relationship. That is lechatchila la'yichnes. That's what it means. Lechatchila la'yichnes. Let's say your your father your your father's brother's wife. Your father's brother's wife. So, are you allowed to marry her? Yeah. There's no problem. Because everybody here, let's assume everybody here is converted. You converted, your father converted, whatever. Even if your father was Jewish. Doesn't matter. Understand? Your father's brother's wife. As long as the child converted, let's say you have a Jewish man who had relations with a non-Jewish woman and they have a son. This kid's not Jewish. This kid converts. He likes his father. Could he marry his paternal aunt? Yeah. That's where we say, though, the chachila yechnes. That's what we mean. We're not going on the case of the mother-daughter, send them away. What we're saying is, even in these cases, ideally don't get involved. Okay. Mesa ishtay. We said, by the mother-daughter case, if the daughter passes away, see, keeps the daughter. Marries the daughter. A few years later, the daughter passes away. Mutter b'chamaisa, he's allowed to marry his quote-unquote mother-in-law. Why quote-unquote? Because she's not really your mother-in-law because she's also a convert. Okay. Some say not allowed. Okay, why is there a dispute? One opinion is like Rabbi Shmuel, the other opinion is like Rabbi Akiva. He says, in general, a mother in law is forbidden even after your wife dies. But the Rabbana made a decree by a ger that um, also the Isura Kaima, that the Isser remains. The same way in general, a mother in law is going to be prohibited after one's wife dies. So too in general. Once your wife passes away, the prohibition against your mother-in-law is weakened. There's no longer a karis obligation. Since it's a weakened prohibition, the Rabbanan did not make a decree when it comes to a convert. Period. End of that Gemara. But I want to just take a step back and take a look over this sugya, this idea. Take a look. Do we have an answer? No. Again, we started out on Amar Aleph as we've been doing up here until the Mishnah. Dispute between Rav Achabar Yaakov and Rav Shishas. Two, two brothers who are converts. Can they marry each other's wives? Rav Yaakov says yes. Rav Shishas says no. We have not proven who's correct. The, the machlokas, the dispute, remains standing. No brises, no uh, have been able to prove either one correct. Period. We now get to the next Mishnah. All right. Now is when we need to put on our thinking caps. <laughs> But 
This is actually, it's very uh, methodical. And let's, I, I want to just articulate this outside before we read this inside. Okay? This next Mishnah and the next while of Gemara is going to get into various cases where you have unfortunate realities where people do not know who their parents are. Now, it's not that they are clueless as to who their parents are. They actually know the choices. So, like, you know, we can, unfortunately, as Jews, we can think of, in recent history, babies and young children of people who were given over to monasteries and during the Holocaust, and they, they simply have no clue who their parents are. They know they're Jewish. They have no clue whatsoever. Are you going to say? Are you going to say that that person can never marry? No, of course they, because, ah, because maybe it's going to be your brother, maybe it's your sister. No, right? It's such a low risk. We're not going to say that. But what about when the risk isn't low? Let's say, for example, you have five women. That's going to be the case of the Mishnah. Five women that give birth to boys at the same time, and the nurse does a terrible job, and mixes up the babies. And these mothers have no clue which baby's theirs. But they know it's one of the five. Okay? Now let's keep going in this case. You know where this issue career it said? You're one in five. That means you're 20%. See, here's what happens. These women, one of them, two of them, three of them, four of them, five of them, doesn't matter. They have other sons. How does this play out in Yibam? Let's say one of them has a son. Let's say one of them has a son that dies childless. One of them has a son that dies childless. Rachel, Leah, Bila, Zilpa, and Chana. Rachel, Leah, Bila, Zilpa, Chana. These are the five mothers. They all have another son. And they all know that the son that they have might be their son. Rachel knows... Her, this boy might be her boy, or it might be Leah, Bila, Zopa, or Hannah's boy. She doesn't know. And then Rachel's oldest son, her certain son, dies childless. So the wife of Rachel's son now has Yibum, but we don't know to who. So we're only, we're only talking 20%. So that's a lot. Uh, okay, okay, but you're not bottling 20%. It's the same father, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bought on 20%. So what do you do? What do you do? Okay, now here's the problem. One of these, other, one of these boys, one of these boys is certainly obligated in Ebo. There's five boys. Huh? Let them all do Chalitza. Let them all do Chalitza. That's one option. Can one of them do Ebo? Here's what our bishop is going to tell us. And once, if you, if you hop this, you'll hop the whole thing. Ready for this? Here's what you do. Says the, the mission is going to tell me. Let any four of them do chalitza. Again, the five doubtful kids are all alive. You understand? They're all still here. One of the brothers of one of the doubtful kids is dead with a child. So there's five boys. None of them know for sure which is the paternal brother. So here's what the mission is going to tell us. Let four of them do chalitza. Why? Because now the fifth one will marry her. Now listen closely. If the fifth one's the real brother, 
It's Yibum. If the fifth one's not the real brother, you know the brother already did Chalitza, so she's a regular free woman. You got it? As long as you're the last guy standing, so this woman is either available to you as your Yavama, or she's available to you because if it was the other guy who's really the brother, he did a Chalitza on her and you're good to go. Wow. Gishmak, right? Very good. Now, now, this can keep passing on depending on the ratios. It can, you can have, okay, and that's the mission to go to. If you, I, I hope that was articulated well, yeah? That's going to be the scenario of our mission. Let's get into this. And the Gemara now, for the next while, is just going to keep giving us some of these fascinating cases all having to do with children who are unsure who their real parents are and how we allow that to play out in halacha. So here we go. Says the Mishnah. Chameish Nashim, you have five women. Shenis Arvu Vladesayim, their children get mixed up. They get mixed up. They don't know which son is really theirs. Higdilu Hataruvas. And now these five boys grow up, they get older. Vinasu Nashim, and they marry women, Vamesu, and they die. Now, this case seems to imply, ready for this? The five doubtful boys died. Okay, so here we go. They all got older. They all died childless. So here we go. What do you do? You can do the same thing that we said before. So here's what you do, ready? Four of the brothers should do chalitza on one of the wives. And we'll just tackle one wife at a time. You understand? It will do the same thing. Four brothers will tackle one at a time. Okay? And then one of them will go ahead and do Yibum. Question. Yeah. Alright, here we've got the four brothers. Yeah. And the five brothers. Right? And we've got several sisters. Yeah. Alright. I want to marry this one in particular. This is Well, no sisters, no sisters. They married five women. Five women. Okay. Yeah. I want to marry this woman in particular. Yeah. Alright, so do I tell the other fellas, you do the Felicia because... Can you, can you choose your order because you want to wait for a set one? Yeah. Let's keep, so hold, hold your horses, hold on. Alright, so the first one you do is four of them do Chalitza and then the last one take her in Yibum. Now obviously none can take her in Yibum first, as the Gemara is going to explain. None of them could do Yibum until the last one. They could choose their order, how they pan this out. Okay, because... You have to make sure that no possible other zikas, no possible other bonds are here. So you break all the potential bonds, and then the last guy will do yibum, either as her yavama or as an outside woman. Now, who, Ushleisha, the guy who now married, the one who did yibum, he and three other brothers, they should do chalitza, meaning now he's back in the game. It's not like you got married and you're out. No. You have a wife, but you might still be married to this other, you might still have a zika to this other woman. So he still needs to do a chalitza on the rest of the wives. Because he might still potentially be the brother-in-law. So now the next woman, him and three brothers do it. And the, next, and the last brother takes that wife. And so on and so forth. Nimtsu, what we figure out here is, what we find is, Arba chalitzais. Each woman is going to have four chalitzas done to her. The yibum, the kolachas, and every and 
there's going to be yibum for everybody. Now, when we say yibum for everybody, it doesn't mean literally that the mitzvah of yibum was accomplished for everybody because we don't know that it was a yibum. It may have been a regular marriage, an outside marriage. But what we, the, the expression of yibum here is there's a marriage. So each one of the brothers ended up doing chalitza four times and they got married once. And every woman had four chalitzas done to them, okay, plus a marriage. Okay. Says the Gemara Vaita. Keep in mind, you, the chalitzas have to come first. We already explained this in the Mishnah. You can't have a guy do yibum before the uh, four brothers did chalitza. Right? You can't do yibum first. Because if you do yibum before other, all the other brothers did chalitza, how do you know you're the yavam? You don't. See, it comes out. If you weren't the yavam, you may have married a woman who's a regular yavama. Okay. Very good. Now, says the Gemara. When we said in the Mishnah that after the first guy got married, him and the three other brothers should do chalitza on this woman. Okay? Now, the Gemara is just bothered by why it says it as if it needs to be in that order. Why don't we just say, let, the th- let, let three brothers do chalitza, then the married one, and then the last guy, you know, then the married one will do the fourth chalitza. It seems to imply, like, the married brother does chalitza first. That's what it seems to imply. Says Gemara, like, why? Says Gemara, just to let us know that, that um, it's not possible, we don't allow one of them to do Yibam on all of them. Rather, what we prefer is that they should each marry one wife. Because it might be, um, you know, th- this way we at least have a chance that each one... Did uh, did a yibum on the right wife? Okay. Now you understand this is amazing. The Gemara is bothered by a potentially better idea. Better just means simpler, and that is why not have one of the five doubtful brothers marry all the wives? One's your yibama, and the rest are widows of somebody else. Tell one brother, go marry five wives. What's the problem? Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're saying ask somebody to marry five wives? But aren't they to... No. What do you mean? I mean, they're going to be to all the brothers. Let all the brothers do chalitzas on all them. And have one guy marry oh, all them. Yeah, of course you need chalitzas from the other brothers. Yeah, uh, from, from the other boys. The Torah is teaching us a profound lesson over here. What is it? Uh, What's the profound lesson? You can take the easy way out if there's a little bit more complicated way. And you can get more potentially mitzvahs. accomplish That's more. Than that beautiful. Right. That's Rabbi Rabinsky. Rabbi Rabinsky is saying it's a beautiful lima, a beautiful lesson in life. And that is... You know, you can either take the simpler road of doing that, have everybody do chalitza, and just easier in all our minds, or take or put a little more effort in, and you actually have a chance of more mitzvahs being done. Because the way that we're doing it, with each one ultimately doing a potential yibum, we have more mitzvahs potentially being being performed, and that's the that's the appropriate way to go. Okay, here we go. Toshma, come and listen. No, Tanur Rabbanan. The rabbis learned, and so should we. 
Mekzoson achin, u mekzoson she'en achin. Okay, if some of them, and this, uh, this is going to take us on to tomorrow's daf, we'll get a little more at length, but at least let's finish up the daf over here. If some of them were brothers, some of them weren't brothers. The ones who are brothers, they should be the ones to do chalitza, and the ones who are not brothers should be the ones to not do chalitza. Okay, again, this is talking about five children that get mixed up, and they ultimately die, and the five kids die childless. So if some of them were brothers... And some of them weren't brothers, um, so we say whoever had brothers does chalitza. Whoever didn't have brothers does yibam. Micah Amar, what does this mean? What does that mean? If some of the brothers are paternal brothers from the father, and some of them are maternal brothers, okay, where there's no mitzvah of yibam. Achim minayim cholzin. The ones who are achim minayim do chalitzav achim minav miyavim, and the ones who are who are achim from the brothers from the paternal brothers, they do ibum. Mitzosin kahanim mitzosin shein kahanim. Add another layer to this. Incredible. Let's say, ready? These kids, some of them are kahanim. All right. So, which means that some of the brothers are also kahanim. All right. Now, if you're a kain and somebody else does chalitza on your yavama. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. You can't just take a woman that somebody else did chalitza to. Because the same way, let, let's say you end up marrying the woman who's not your Yavama, and you, so she's a woman that somebody did chalitza to, a coin, the same way is forbidden to a divorcee, is forbidden to a halutza. So kahan, here's what you do. Kahanim cholts, and you'll have all the kahanim do chalitza first. Have to do chalitza first. She'en kahanim yavim. And the ones who are not kahanim, they should be the ones who initially take uh, take these uh, women in uh, in Yibum. Okay, so why? Because they're allowed to. So we're just saying, all right, so you won't end up doing Yibum. You know? Let's say if some of them were Kahanim and some of them were maternal brothers. So then, in both cases, they got to do Chalitza and they're not allowed to do Yibum. Nobody here is permitted to do Yibum at all. Okay, period. And the Gemara Mamish Incredible will hold it here for today, just on time. Rabbi Tatan Rabbanon. Top of tomorrow's daf, and from here uh, we will keep discussing various cases up until the Mishnah, and the Mishnah will even keep this conversation going. Various scenarios where you have kids who get mixed up at birth, and various Allah and the and the legal consequences as far as different halachas that could arise. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.